Fuck you, CJ, praying on my downfall. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Speaking as a Free Action Podcast. Um, I'm going to start this episode off strong and start off by saying I hate boiled hot dogs. I think it's the worst thing that oh, yeah. could ever be made. I agree. I don't know why. Like, there's so many options to cook a hot dog, but never should it ever be boiled. It's just, CJ, you're very quiet. Yeah, I don't like boiled hot dogs either. Okay, good. We're all on the same page. Yeah, good, good. Oh, Anti-boiled hot dogs on a grill. Okay. okay. Yeah. Grill is peak. Because I was gonna say we like to do the uh, the toaster oven. It's got kind of like not bad. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. actually got a little little micro toaster oven. Throw them in there. They cook. There's a broil setting. It's nice. Okay. 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 Next time I make hot dogs, I'm about to throw them in the air fryer. I've heard air oh, fryer hot dogs yeah. are good. I like mm-hmm. to throw my hot dog buns in there and get them a little crispy. Solid. Dude, to be honest with you, I don't I don't really ever make my own hot dogs because if I'm ever craving a hot dog, I just go get a Sonoran dog. Oh yeah. Um so I really don't ever make hot dogs. See, I'd, I'd go to the Snoring Dog place, but I think I'd get tacos. That <laughs> is I mean, I went there yesterday after work and I got a hot dog and a burrito. So a lot oh, of wow. options at the Snoring Dog place. <laughs> There's a place uh <clears throat> near our house called Bruisers Hot Dogs. And it's all like retired uh, firefighters uh, that work there and everything. And uh, they have some really good hot dogs. We got a chili dog there and uh, they put coleslaw on it. The first time I've ever had coleslaw on a hot dog. I love it. I hate coleslaw. Now, see, I don't like coleslaw either, but it was delicious on the chili dog. So all I'm saying is you got to keep your mind open on that stuff. Because I went there That's and I was cash. like, well, I was like, I don't really care for chili dogs. and I don't really care for coleslaw. But I was like, but if I'm going to eat at this new place that I've heard is really good, I have to give it the honest try, right? That's how, that's how I try to approach things nowadays. So I opened up, I opened my heart to it, and I enjoyed it. <clears throat> yeah, I'm always open to trying food, but I've tried coleslaw, and it's trash. Okay, fine. It's okay, well, look, if you ever come down here, you don't have to try it, okay? It's garbage. Next time you come up to Kentucky, and we meet again, I'll bring a Bruce's hot dog for you to try. Okay. okay. That sounds good. They only have coleslaw dogs. That's it. <laughs> that's it. That's all you're getting. Oh, I do have another important announcement. Okay. First off, I, I did get married. We're going to move past that one, though. Um, oh, yeah. Ellie, we, Ellie and me got some Pathfinder books. Ellie doesn't play Pathfinder, but she bought me a book as a Christmas present. Uh, they are the Beetle and Grimm's character guides. Uh, there's about five of them out now. Uh, you get, uh, you can get, this isn't sponsored, but it's really cool. Uh, there's like wizard fighter, rogue, I want to say warlock and, um, not warlock. Well, warlock is it, it's pathfinder. Yeah. It was, it, was it was cleric. I'm sorry. Cleric and, uh, druid were the five options that, that, that are available. And I saw something else that was like a, an, a warlock guide that was by them, but it was for 5e. Um, so I got these and I was super excited and I was reading through them in the hotel when we were coming back and 
I took a minute and I stopped. I'm like seeing all these symbols I've never seen before. And then it was like, oh, you know, if so-and-so, you know, wants to do this, uh, they'll have to make a flat check, a flat DC something check. I was like, I've never heard of a flat check. I don't know what that is. So I did a little bit more research and dig. It turns out all the books are for Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Okay. Damn ski. So next game we play has to be a 2nd Edition so that I get my money back or my money's worth. I met you. You sent us pictures of them, and they look fucking sick. Oh, they're beautiful. They look so them? cool. Here, let me turn my camera. I, I've seen them. Yeah, but you haven't seen the inside. Oh, true. True. So the the stream is gonna real or the podcast is it's gonna go well describing these books. Did my camera come on? It is oh. loading. I don't okay. know if Craig is gonna mess this up. Uh, that's right. Okay, well we'll leave it alone for now. I'll show you guys afterwards. But uh, it's got some cool things on the back inside the. The back cover <clears throat> is like this little pocket, I'm going to say. And if you pull it out, there is this plastic dry erase board kind of feel um, of a board. And you can write your character stats on there uh, instead of like put, doing them on pen or paper or anything like that. So you can erase them real easily because it's on a dry erase board. You can put your spells on there, uh, any feats or any notes or equipment you need to keep up with. And I love that. It was fucking genius. Genius, I tell you. But the book's really cool. It helps you run through like feats that you would want to probably build, uh, most generally on your characters. I really read through the the wizard one the most. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. <clears throat> some equipment to look for, armors to look for, spells that you'll probably want to take. There's some like suggested build paths you could go. Um, they were about forty dollars a piece, which is I'd say That's rather not bad at all, dude. rather expensive than what I thought they were going to be, but it's it's definitely worth it. If you're playing Pathfinder 2nd Edition, it's pretty fucking good. When I you sent me those, I would have said they were like 70 bucks each. Yeah, it's a pretty good price for what they are. So I got three of them. I want to get the other two. They're beautiful like as a set. So I'm super excited to get the Cleric and Druid one. Um, but yeah, I, I cracked open the Rogue one. It seems really cool. Uh, they have like their own custom art, but it's all Paizo art, so it's all like official. It's got like the official like uh, Paizo Rogue, you know, on all the pages and stuff doing sh shit. Uh, it's really cool though. I'm very happy with it. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else I got that's really cool. I think that's pretty much it. Got a lot of money for the wedding. That was really cool. Nice. Yeah, and now we're what back. Are you, what are you going to buy? Uh, we were thinking of going to Disneyland again, so we might do something like that. And just use all the money to go to Disneyland. To Disney. So, Disney. What's the I love plan? Disneyland. Yeah. I've only been there once. Pretty fun. Pretty good time. I just like amusement parks. Yeah. Dude, Knott's Berry is the best. Which one? Knott's Berry. It's in California. I'm not sure not sure where it's at in California. It's so fucking... Such a good park. So much fun. The way you said it kind of gave me a feel of... uh. It's... um. The Peanuts. Charlie Brown, Snoopy. Oh. We used to have that in Kings Island in uh, Ohio. There was like a Peanuts kind of theme area. But uh, I think they did away with all that. And they did something else now. Good times. Well, we have a real problem to talk about. And I'm real curious to pick y'all's brain on this. So, <clears throat> as I was exploring the internet today... Uh, I was seeing a lot of back and forth with different content creators talking about do you or should you buy art from artists 
or use AI generated art because apparently that's a big back and forth that that's like going on in the third party world where a lot of people are just buying um or they're, they're not buying art as much anymore they're just getting AI art because it's free if if I want a specific character and I want it very customized like CJ is getting his character Ryochi by this mm. artist and I'm yep. getting you know I just got Asmawati I could we could me and CJ could use AI art to get a similar idea of what we want them to look like sure. but the art we're getting is exactly what, what they are that yeah. is exactly what I want them to look like so like you're always going to want to go to a human for that yes because uh, you can tell it but AI art is is going to be so fucking sick for like background like maybe like a city you know picture to be like this is what the city Patterns. looks like or yeah. like uh, this is what this random NPC looks like right here this is uh, you know this is Ichiro there he is yep. like that would be sick yep so there's use for both but I mean I'm always going to buy art dude yeah I like I being think- able to tell my guy the artist like no, she should have like this on her sword and this and this. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, because I agree with you completely, because it just doesn't hit the same if I was like, because I sent like I think three that the AI made today uh, of Erlana, and like they look one solid. of them, one of them was acceptable to me. I was like, this this could work, you know what I mean? But there, and I don't know if it's just the AI I'm using. Uh, I'm using uh, Wonder AI on my phone and there's like a lot of nudity that it just like generates yeah Corey never never below the belt yeah yeah just like that and i'm getting the same thing like uh i, pa- I passed my phone to ellie and i was like here you, you know you type something in let's see what you get and she she typed in like uh cute baby puppy dog or something like that uh first one was a cute baby puppy dog the second one was like an anime girl oh <laughs> And she was like, this is not a puppy dog. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't know why I did that. And there's just been a bunch of those where it's like, it's just like, oh, here you go. Anime girl or female in general. Like when I, when I sent the ones I did of Erlana, which is my halfling, uh, arcanist and pathfinder, I never typed female or woman or girl or anything like that, but it just assumed it was a, a female, I guess. And it, it was kind of weird thinking back because I was looking at it. I was like, I never typed like woman or female or girl or whatever. I was like, I never did any of those things. And it still spit out a girl. And then there was a few of her lineup where it was just like boobies out. And I was like, what is, why would I, why, why do, why are we doing boobies? Like what, why? And then the best part, I'm going to get, I'm going to get roasted online for this. I was like, let's. Let's put it to the test and see how R-rated I can get it. So I googled like boobs, and it just won't do that. It'll say no, but it'll generate <laughs> without putting them in there, like anything like that in there. Like when I typed in like uh, wizard halfling with bright red hair and bat wings, I'll get nudity. So it's like I don't understand what, like why, how I can get nudity, but then if I actually try to look for it, I can't get it. It's just weird. But I guess I guess that's AI. Oh, I asked it what I thought I would look like. I, you know, I put in the search bar. It's like, what do I look like? 
and it popped up like two anime girls. And I was like, well, that's not accurate in any way. I don't have cat ears. So, yeah. I do feel bad for artists because AI art is fucking wild. Yeah. It's like advancing so fast. It's mm-hmm. wild, dude. And it really, like, really scares me. Bad. I can I can empathize with artists in certain situations, but I feel like for the most part, um, especially in like our uh, in like the the way that art is in our realm, you know what I mean, like character arts and stuff like, like in that. Our names and stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think there's many like AI art that are taking like jobs away from artists because because i mean to me and you know this there, there will definitely be outliers where people where people like are doing that instead of getting character art or whatever but like to me it's like the ar the ai art is only good for the npcs and stuff like care like uh like tyler was saying like the npcs hmm. and then if you get one character art for your character that's where the artists come in and do the heavy lifting because you know to me it's like you know, I'm not gonna hit up an artist and, and ask them for forty dollars to make an NPC, anyways. You know what I mean? Like only if it's a, only if it's a sick NPC, like Palantir. yeah, exactly. And forty dollars is the cheapest that we found. You know what I mean? As yep. well. So like, I like if I'm a DM or I'm you know I've I've had multiple characters that I like. Like I like Zabar a lot and didn't get character art of Zabar. You know what I mean? We're picky so, when it comes to like which character. Yeah, I, and I feel like for good reason. But uh, okay, but jumping back, I guess to one of the the original question: How do you guys feel if you bought a book? Because that's where that's where I'm seeing a lot of the stem of the anger. Not so much like character well, art. I, I, I don't think I don't think AI art should be able to be sold. Which is weird, right? Like, how would you ever know? There's not because some of those get way. so detailed. Yeah, I don't think there's any way of knowing. Right. But it shouldn't be able to be sold. And I was I was kind of looking at that too, like in the copyright spot where like could I sell it? And it was like you could if you somehow mixed a portion of copyright material in an AI art, that's not allowed, but ultimately it's like it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's pre red. So but I mean, and I feel bad because there's like people out there trying to make third-party content, like on DMs Guild, and they'll reach out to an artist and they're like, "Yeah, this is the project, this is the theme, this is what I want to do," and then the artist reaches back and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is probably gonna be like a thousand-dollar project," and they're just kind of like, "Well, I don't have a thousand dollars. I don't know if I'm gonna make twenty dollars on this project." Like, I've had those moments, but. uh I have found that there's ways to work around that. You can, um, there's a group called Grim Press. Uh, they make content, they make a lot of different things, but one thing they do is they'll essentially hire a community of artists to make art, uh, that can be like commercially sold. So they do a yearly thing where you can just buy essentially a whole portfolio of art. And that's something I did recently. I bought, um, this year so every month they just like throw out more art onto this 
essentially file that you once you buy once on DM's Guild, you permanently have. And it's real nice because I can, you know, when I'm ready to like post content or anything, I just go on there and get some art. I find something that probably lines up with what I want. And then I've, I heard like 46 say something along the lines of, uh, instead of just paying them, sometimes artists will just ask for like a percentage of like what the cut is going to be. Like if you, you give them a 10% cut of all the sales and that's their, their payment. So there's a few things to work around. Cause I think a lot of people see it as just like a, well, he's charging me $600 for one piece of art and that's it. I think I had that problem one time. I reached out to an artist and I was like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Something very, uh, very easy and he was like yeah it'll probably be about six hundred dollars and i was like i cannot afford that oh that's crazy i respect it but i cannot afford that and he's like well that's but he was also like doing some uh he would do like random commission pieces for like wizards of the coast for uh magic the gathering pieces so i was like okay so he's got some like pretty powerful like resume that he could do he's just an unknown artist oh good Okay, good. This is working, I think. Okay. I turned the backup on and I just looked over and the backup was on like some random screen. I was like, oh, I hope this is working. Um, but yeah, that's all I really had. All right, oh, podcast bad. over. So that's, that's it for the app. Someone's like screaming outside. Huh. I went to a football game this last Saturday in real life. It was pretty interesting. It gets the upstairs neighbors. Sorry. Have you, I, have you never been to a football game before? I have. It's just uh, <clears throat> I've never been to a football game that hype before because, like, uh, it was I remember a big game. it wasn't actually that big of a game, to be honest. It's just uh, it was the first time we've been top ten in forever, so. That part kind of made it hype, and uh, when I went, like the last time I went to a football game was whenever I went with Mason in high school, and uh, and we went to watch him play some really bad team, and there was hardly any people there at all, and this time, this last Saturday, me and uh, my dad and my brother went. My brother doesn't like super crowded places. And uh, I asked Dad when we left how many people he thought was there. And at that football game, we thought there was about 50,000 people there. Jeez. God dang. How big, how, how big is that stadium? How many you can people hold like 66. That's a big you know stadium. You know what's wild about that too, Tyler? That's the second smallest stadium in the SEC. Really? Yep. What's I'm the smallest? How big are they? I think it's like Vanderbilt. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I guess that I guess you're not wrong. University of uh, I've been to U of A's and I knew it looked big, but it didn't look like that big. But it says on here it seats fifty seven thousand, so I guess well, it's pretty fucking big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what they call it? They call it U of A. Yeah, U of A. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me. It just seems funny. Sorry. You know what is stupid about uh, at least Tucson? That's so, like something's just dumb. I always thought it was dumber since I moved here. Is that there's a mountain and it's right by my work. That I don't know when they did it, but it has uh, a big ass A, like 
built with rocks into the side of it, and it's just called A Mountain. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't think I've a ever told you guys that before. It's literally just called A Mountain. I, I work dumb. right. I work right next to A Mountain. That's pretty cool, though. Like when you open your window, you're on your corner office desk job. Uh, yeah, I see it. Yeah, you see it. That's pretty freaking cool. And then, like cool. on the highway, when I'm driving, I see I can start seeing A Mountain. And I was like, I'm getting close. <laughs> getting close. That's awesome, dude. Try to think. The, I think the neighbors are dying upstairs. It there's also the mountain that everybody goes here uh, in Tucson. They go up the mountain, and there's like a little lodge up there. Is uh, Mount Lemon? Mount Lemon, yeah. a mountain, and Mount yeah. Lemon. Yeah, you go. Wow. People go up to Mount Lemon all the time. What's that what they doing up there? And like I said, it's like a little lodge. You get like good food up there, and it, it snows up there during the winter. So you go up there and you can go uh, like snowboarding and shit. Oh, you know what's going or on. Or maybe not snowboarding, like sledding, maybe. Uh, a lot of hiking goes up there, there, too. Yeah, I know what's going on up there. What's uh, going on? Fucking? Yeah. Yeah. There was a big-ass fire on that line not too long ago. Really? Is that the one that... No, I'm thinking of California. Like, the huge wildfire that's yeah, been yeah, spreading. No. It's not that one. I can't believe that all happened because of a baby gender reveal. I think that's the yeah, craziest no. thing. It's wild to me. Uh, so I've been kind of looking at some second edition uh, Adventure Pass. There's some pretty cool ones. Not really crazy ones just yet. I feel like they're trying to catch their stride in Pathfinder second edition. Because some of these are corny. I how different really? is first and second? That's what I was just wondering. I was just to say, I need to know how different second and first are before I try to start learning second. You mean rules-wise? Yeah. yeah, just like how much new shit. Like I know the economy, action economy is different, mm -hmm. but like, you know, because I feel like we're starting get to get into a you know a groove with Pathfinder oh, where we're, we're, we're still we're still looking stuff up. Yeah, but like for the most part, we're like pretty confident on how shit works at this point. Right. I don't want to switch over to two E immediately. Be like completely fucked. Like, but right. if it's like you know, not too much is different. I I definitely want to give it a shot. The new action economy makes me feel like it'll be a uh, uh, new action economy. Marginally different. Yeah, it's definitely going to be different. I mean, for sure. I think I've, I've partially checked it out. I've more, more so just heard, I think, opinions on like if it was good or not, more than anything else so far. Um, but I don't think it's too different but I've, i have myself have not looked at the rules yet you said I've, you're not loving the adventure paths though some of them seem silly just like looking at like there's one called extinction curse uh and it looks like it is a circus event uh you've got abomination vaults i think is a remake that's supposed to be super good i think uh fists of the ruby phoenix looks like it's a gladiator one like, I'm sure these are good, but just the art makes me think it's kind of corny looking. Uh, outlaws of Alkinstar. Alkinstar? Uh, you're a gang of outlaws, each with their own grudge against the villains who wronged them. Uh, and then there's Quest for the Frozen Flame. They all look good. Like, kind of reading their descriptions, but they just seem, I don't know, the art makes them seem kind of like not as interesting to me. Well, that just makes me think that it's going to be a minute before we play 2E because there are so many 1E adventure paths that I want to try. 
I really enjoy that 1E, a lot of 1E games are being converted to second edition. Yes. I really enjoy that. So if we were like, well, yeah, look, King we wanted Maker to try is one mm -hmm. that got switched over. It's on the way, I think, because I, I accidentally pulled it up the other day. I think it might had, be uh, out. Is it out already? I, I think possibly. Oh, it may, I may have been looking at one of the providers that doesn't have it yet. That may be what I was looking at. But uh, yeah, I think Abomination Pulse is a an original. And I think it's the same one that's being converted to 5e. It may be. The, oh, it is. Yeah, okay. It's also coming to 5th edition. Which would be still, cool to still see. Still very weird that that's happening. Well, you know. I'm going to get it. 5e doesn't know how to write. Whoa. Campaigns. No, no, I'm not afraid to say that. No, Damn. I, I agree. Pathfinders are so much better. They're it's actually so... insane. Yeah, I, I mean. There... Go on, CJ. I would say I haven't. I feel like a lot of the 5e stuff I've been through has been homebrewed. I mean. Yeah. Because what all was book and Fandover that I was a part of. I mean, they picked me up. Pretty much way back okay. City, so it was just the cave that was book. Yeah. I think. I think the reason that it's that way though is because the adventure paths for 5e just like aren't that good so like people aren't like i want to run this you know yeah. well, i mean talking to a few a few people on the page they're not like overly interested in 5e stuff they're kind of disappointed half the time uh, i talked to some i talked to one of the D, D therapies that i did on the page uh one of the guys was like i think i may have brought this up last time we spoke uh, he was like, I buy Wizards of the Coast content, and I feel like I'm still making up 90% of the game because they just haven't made it. And I was like, oh, it's time to go to Pathfinder. He's like, look, I've been playing 3.5 in Pathfinder for a long time. Absolutely love it. It's just when it comes to 5e, it just feels like it's they just don't make the stuff that needs to be made. But that's the, That was the whole thing about their last book. Oh, with, uh, was it Spelljammer? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like people yeah. were just like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, did, were you there for that, or did we talk to? I may have just been talking to Dylan about it. Uh, there, so I watched a review of a guy, like kind of reading through and talking about some of the things he was really upset about, and he was like, "Yeah, pretty much, the the way they want you to play Spelljammer is you fly your ship up against their ship and you board their ship." And it's like you're doing mini dungeons and you're just kind of like moving through space or the astral plane doing these little mini dungeons. And I was like, I don't really like I'm trying to think of like in Starfinder. I enjoy that. But like if it's ship combat, I don't want to board. I kind of want to do the ship combat. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's the fun of it. Boarding uh, every once in a while would be cool, but every time would get old. It would get. Yeah. It's just kind of like, what's the difference of like, why not just be on a planet and do this? Yeah. All these fights are the same. Right. Uh, and something he had a problem with was you I think you use cannonballs uh in Spelljammer. It's like a it's like a boat more than it is like a spaceship. But you would essentially you would launch cannonballs at the other ships in space, but they have a range. And it's like effectively they're, you know, after three hundred feet, it, it it that's their range increment. And it's kinda like, well, what's stopping it if we're in space and we're all just flying in the air? Why does it not what happens after 300 feet that way if that's its effective range where does the cannonball go does it fall there's no gravity we're floating and it's just like i think that was one of the most questionable things i heard and i was like yeah that doesn't really make sense why like why they would do it that way 
but I don't know. It's part of the reason we have no interest, I think, in Spelljammer. Mm -hmm. Besides the fact that we barely have interest in the few 5e things we run. And I, I feel bad because I feel like there's times I'm making items or spells for the page and I'm just like, I this I have no idea if this like already exists in 5e, but I feel like it doesn't or didn't. I'm just going to assume it hasn't yet. Because there's been a few spells that I've put out there that people are like, oh, this is like this spell, but better. And then I look up the other spell and I'm like, oh, it, my spell is just a better version of what this is. Like 5e will put a spell out that'll be like, oh, your weapon does 1d4 additional fire damage uh, and you have to concentrate on it. And it's like, that kind of sucks. And then my item will be like, you could choose between any of these six attributes and it does a d6. Then if you cast it at this level of magic or at this level of a spell slot, it increases to a d8. And there's all those problems. That's just like, you made a simple spell and because it's so simple, it's kind of boring. And I just, I get frustrated at that. That's like, do you guys remember when we, uh, I think one of our first alterations was in large person in Tyler's campaign. Uh, where we improved it by making it uh, the higher spell level you cast. Is that what you mean? Yeah, it was like, I think we doubled the spell level. It was like, if you, yeah, no, it, was, you can... it was a level three spell, I think. Uh -huh. So at level six, if you cast it with a level six spell slot, Instead of going to large, you'd go to huge. Yeah. And then if you wanted to do it with a ninth, you would be gigantic. And then the damage die, because again, an additional damage die. You'd get like right. a D4 at uh, third level, and then we made it a D6 at sixth level, and then it was a D8 at ninth. And it's just stuff like that that's a very simple, interesting change to the spell that they could have done, and they didn't. Instead, they were just like, nope, this is it. This is the spell. I don't know. There's people out there that I feel like we bash on 5e really hard, but there's a group of people that I know are like hardcore dedicated to 5e. And I just, I don't know. We just, it's not our game. Not anymore, we, no. We play it. We still play it. I just, half the time I'm uninterested in it. And I feel bad. But there's only so many times I can just play a martial class that walks up and swings his sword. There's just no variety sometimes. Yeah, we said, we, I think we say this every podcast. Pathfinder is better. Yeah, I think we do. Any five E people who listen to this podcast have definitely stopped listening at this point because I think we say that every single time. Yeah, probably. And I try to like make it better by saying like you just need to use third party products. But I know some people half the time people are just making the shit up anyways. So it's like you could use third party products to help your case, but at the same time. You could easily just sit there and make up shit and mm -hmm. nobody will care. That's a problem. I don't know. To me, that's a huge problem in a game and a flaw. It's a, it's a flaw for the system. So I'm excited for one D&D to come out or 5.5. I'm hoping it's got a bunch of interesting fixes that they forgot to address in 5e. And I hope it rebirths D&D to me. Because there's a bunch of things that they could fix or do that would just greatly improve the game. I think classes need to be overhauled. I think there needs to be more uniqueness between them. And I know a lot of people that played 4th edition are like, well, there is a lot of uniqueness in between them, but there's there's not enough for me. If there is a level where I get nothing, but like my proficiency bonus goes up or I just gain a new spell level to cast, 
That's not enough for me as a player. I want something. I yeah, want those feet. levels do suck. I want a feat. I want a new ability. I want something. I need something. Don't just get... I, it makes me so mad. I think it happened on UMass for me. It's like I just didn't get anything. I was like, well, what's the what's the point of this then? Like, why did I even level up? You so know that, what's the worst when that happens? When you're multi-classing like I am. Yep. And you, you have to take a level and something that gets nothing this level, but it's so important that you do. That shit's the worst, dude. Yeah. It, it's it's like you're taking a level to as a prerequisite for the next level. That's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I did see that in second edition, there are... Uh, there's specific times when you get a feat that it's only for a skill ability. Not like you can't, it can't, it's a skill feat, not a like a combat feat or a general feat. Uh, and it's just so your character has like, uh, there was a list of them when I was looking through the, uh, the rogue box, but it was like hi history checks, you know, and stuff like that, or stealth skills or stuff like that. And I was like, that's nice. It gives the player, they're kind of forced to pick a role play option. Which isn't bad. Most most players in Pathfinder one will pick a roleplay feat, but now in Second Edition you kind of have to pick one, so it kind of balances out and it helps the party. And it's like, okay, well I know I'm going to pick my roleplay feat at this point in the game. And I like that. I thought it was interesting, and it kind of makes it, I guess, more. I don't know what word I'm looking for. More forced, but not in a bad way. If you're going to do it anyways, it's fine. It's not that bad. That's yeah, it. I was uh, I was talking to Shay about D and D probably not too long ago, and my sister because she actually wants to get into D and D too. But uh, I was talking about how the martial classes in Five E all just kind of blend together into one class. It's just some of them have like more health, and some of them can like hit harder than it. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? And I wish there was, I really wish there was more variety on weapons in 5e. Well, dude, the, what is it, the glaive and the, not the trident. The glaive and there's something else, I can't think of it, are the exact same weapon. It, they both have like reach, they're heavy, they deal a d10 worth of damage. Oh, hold on, let me look them up. But it's, it's the glaive and I, halberd? I think it's halberd, let's see. I think it might uh, be. D &D yeah, that's probably what you're thinking weapons. of. Let's see, weapons. And I remember I posted this on the page and people were like, well, you know, it's for flavor. And it's like, even if it's for flavor, you could try to make them fucking different. There's no point just copy and pasting the same thing. All right, okay, Halberd. It's got heavy reach two-handed, six pounds, 1d10 slashing. The, the glaive... Oh, also the uh, halberd is 20 gold pieces. The glaive is 20 gold pieces, 1d10 slashing, 6 pounds, heavy reach, two-handed. It's the exact same fucking weapon. Oh, wow. I don't get it. How This is highway robbery. Like, <laughs> it's just crazy to me that they're just like, yeah, it's okay. Just put the same thing in there and just change its name. And then people are just like, yeah, it's okay, it's cool. It's just flavor. But it's not. It's not flavor. It's the same thing. Flavor would be it does like piercing rather than slashing. That's just I don't know. Sorry, 5e fans, if you're out there still. 
Yeah, Scud <laughs> came back from his fucking wedding just hating on 5e. That combat we had uh, in Mad Mage before I went up, I think, just really put the nail in the coffin for me. Threw in a hallway simulator fight and just playing Umas and step, step up, click, click. Do both of these attacks hit? Yeah, they do. Click, 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 click. All right, here's the damage. And it dies. It's like, that's it. That's all my classes. There'll well, be a little bit new. Go my bad. I would say sometimes playing that campaign actually, because of the dynamic lighting, kind of yeah. feels like a chore at times. Because like, I understand why it's in the game, because it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense. But like, it it hurts from a quality of life standpoint. Cause it's like, man, I don't even know what the fuck, like where we've been. And now I don't know where yeah. the party went to and shit like that. It's going to be and hard. It's going difficult back, for the where but... you where. Yeah, where you've been. That mm -hmm. that shit is hard. It was kind of the it it. I don't love it or hate it the, the the dynamic lighting, but there was a part in that fight that Scud was talking about uh, where I like ran away and I was like a yeah. hallway over and I couldn't see what was happening <laughs> where with you guys fighting. So like when it wasn't my turn, I just heard what you guys were doing, mm -hmm. and I actually kind of enjoyed that. Really. Yeah, I was like, was this like is listening cool. to a like, podcast. Yeah, it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, and I, as Asmati, like, I was just like, I'm just over here fucking shit up, and like, maybe I can hear fighting in the background, and like, right. that's all, I, that's all my, that's all my knowledge. I kind of like yeah. it. It was cool. Maybe that's what I should do next time. Is just completely just split run apart. away. Yeah. yeah. And we'll don't say what you're doing or where you're going. Yeah. Well, here soon I'm gonna easily do that because I'll have the echo for the Echo Knight thing, and I'll just be able to make two of me real quick. Hell yeah. And then I'll just be able to... That's what we need to do. We need to speed run these floors. We need to all split up and just do our own combats. And each just completely annihilate the floor and we'll just speed run it. I feel bad because I feel like if Juice listens to this, he's going to be like, oh, they hate it. But in reality, I enjoy the character. And when we're sitting there role-playing, I have a great time. But 5e as a system is just... It's a snooze sometimes. I just can't get over it. I think it's also just like, I mean, we're not low level, but like lower level combat in 5e is not the best. Yeah. Like hopefully as we get higher level, these combats will get a little more, you know, uh, worrisome. Sure. Which, I mean, we fought something twice now that's used kill cloud against us. And because we're all, or half the party's poison resistance, it's just like. Yeah. That is no also deal. completely like luck that we all have. Yeah, absolutely. Justin gets mad about that all the time. He's like, dude, if it wasn't for that, you guys would all be fucked, I swear. Uh, <laughs> it makes me think, though, uh, when Josh went and essentially 1v1 the boss of the... I think we're on the third floor now. Oh, uh, was she a boss? Uh, well, I asked him, I was like, was that you know the boss encounter? Because it kind of felt like that. And he was like, yeah, that's pretty much for oh, this level, know this that. is the encounter. And I was like, oh, okay. But I mean, Josh's character went up there and just, you know, existed up there well, without, I mean, a, that's, without a problem. That's Josh. I don't I don't think it's Josh. I think it's just... The game. Uh, I think it's just the game. Because I feel, okay, the way I'm thinking about it, right, is like, let's say the Stag Lord, for example, was right next to Isaac. Stag Lord would rip him to pieces. Josh was and invisible I, too, though. How do, okay, so how does invisibility work in 5e? I think he had greater. Is that a thing? Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't, I've never played a spellcaster that could uh, use. Yeah. Invisibility. Yeah. Yeah. He, I don't know. If, I don't know. What level are we? Seven. He might have it. Yes. Potion or something. I can't. I don't remember. I think he just used invisibility. I'm looking. No, up he had greater because that's why. Oh. That's because the. Remember, because uh, <laughs> Justin was like, "This person is smart. They would know that you're here or something like <laughs> that," and it was pissing Josh off. <laughs> uh, so we're level seven right now. So Josh would be able to have it. It's a fourth level illusion spell. Requires concentration up to a, one minute. Yeah, so he technically would have had it. Yeah, okay. You or a creature you touch become invisible until the spell ends, allowing the target... Anything the target is wearing is also invisible. So what does just invisibility do? Uh, you can move around, but once you attack or do anything... It breaks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, with invisibility, you can give it to multiple people. But you can't with greater invisibility. Yeah, yeah, Zen really used to do that all the time. That's weird to me. You have to upcast invisibility. Because greater is too strong. Should you say greater is too strong? Yeah, for like like a communal cast or like yeah, a multiple sure. cast of greater invisibility, that'd be too strong. You could, pro dude, I bet there's a communal greater invisibility in Pathfinder. You cannot, you're not supposed to be able to multicast greater invisibility. You can't. It should be way too strong, I'm telling you, dude. Yeah. Because yeah, if, they, if that was against spell. something that was uh, that had no way to see invisible creatures, yeah, it lasts for a minute, right? So it lasts for ten at rounds, least. at least. No, okay, yeah, it's just one minute. Yeah, in Pathfinder, it's probably a minute per level. Let's see. I'm gonna look up greater invisibility. Yeah, see, just right though, it would be too strong. I bet it's okay. a personal spell in Pathfinder. Uh, it is. Yeah, because that's how that's how it is with that iron skin spell Eliana has, and I, it's personal. I, ne I never use it because I took it to like give it to people, and I realized you can't. Invisibility is personal or touch. Invisibility, but greater invisibility. It's also you or creature you touched. Oh well, yeah, it's but, different Pathfinder. But can you like cast it on greater on multiple creatures? Yeah, I mean, you just have to use spell slots. Hold on. I'm, I mean, if I've you use spell like... slots, then I guess, I mean, that's kind of the price, you know? Yeah, because something... Because you'd have to spend, like, all your spell slots for that level. Yeah. Oh, there's an invisibility mass, which is, like, a spell, like, a seventh level spell for a sorcerer wizard. The effect is, or the range is long, 400 feet per level... Any number of creatures, no two of which can be more than 180 apart. But I think it's just invisibility, not mass greater invisibility. The spell is broken for any individual who moves more than 180 feet from the nearest member of the group. If two individuals, if only two individuals are affected, the one moving away from the other loses its invisibility. That's really it. That's all it really says. But it doesn't say greater invisibility mass. So I wonder if... No, I, I'm going to say that's probably it then. Interesting. But I mean, yeah, there's definitely an option you could do. So Eliana, or I'm sorry, not Eliana, er, Erlana, if she survives to uh, 
be able to cast seventh level spells, she could essentially cast mass invisibility. You'll be there yeah, one day. You'll get there one day. Ow! Bang my knuckle on my desk. Oh, something I saw today. I got curious. Do you guys know you can't play as a mong mongrel man in first edition? I did not know that. Why I can't that was, what you, why can't you? I thought that was super weird. You probably there's probably like a homebrew, but I pulled up the races today. Let's see. Long nothing. Yeah, there's no mongrel mongrel man class or anything like that. Or I'm sorry, race. In Pathfinder, which was super weird to me. And I don't know why. But then, while I was looking through my my research, I remembered that uh, in Pathfinder, they have something called race points, which are essentially how strong your the playable race is. And they kind of have like a, a rating for it. So like a super strong... A very, there's uh, standard races... Which aren't the standard races, which are like your, you know, dwarf, elf, half orc. Those are standard. But then it breaks down into other races. Your standard races would be like Catfolk, uh, Dwargar, Knowles, Gripply. I don't know what a Gripply is. Oh, that's uh, what I'm playing next time. It's a fucking frogman. Is it really? Yeah. I, I'm actually going to play one at some point. They're fucking awesome looking. Huh. I wonder what. Uh... Oh, he was a Boggart. Uh, the guy that Luke played at in Kingmaker when he did that like one stand-in session, he was a bogger. Which is I just bogger looked up Gripplies again. They're so cool. So Gripplies have a a four total uh, race point, which would be I think standard ranking for them. Uh, really, a lot of their points give them zero, but like their dark vision gives them like two points. So if you take someone with a Gripply that has like six points and you compared to something that's considered very powerful, let's say a gargoyle, they have 36 race points. So, like, they're super powerful. Uh, they have an ability... They have just damage reduction 10 uh, to magic. So they just base... Their class just has damage reduction 10, which is super powerful. So a lot yeah, of these well. people will... I guess your DMs and stuff will look at the these other races and if they feel like they're too powerful they'll they'll be like no you can't play gargoyle it's got a, like a 31 or a 36 plus i did not take that into consideration when i uh let anybody play whatever they wanted and what is sam's <laughs> uh sam's is some homebrew thing oh because sam's is sam's is pretty much uh, a human he has every human trait okay uh, but he like has way more strength and like way lower charisma. Okay. I think he has like a plus four minus four. That's pretty cool so though. Something like that. He has like a plus four minus four and then the climb speed. So like it's not much different hmm. than a human, but it's like the plus four. It's the strength, charisma minus. I think it's charisma. It might be wisdom or intelligence. It might be intelligence. And then uh, the climb speed, which I think is only like twenty. I can't remember. I think so. Uh, Luke is playing a Kasatha, right? Yeah. And uh, they didn't seem crazy when he was making it. 
They have a 20, so they're considered an advanced race, which in, under advanced, I see stuff like the Dampfmere, which are like the vampire, uh, some drow commons, the fetchlings, uh, I see Lashunta, uh, Tengu, Tiefling, Android, Asimar, these are all advanced races. So Kasatha has 20 points. Um, I'm trying to see like what it gets at bulk of it. You said Kasatha is 20? 20, yeah. I, w I wonder what that is from. Uh, well, so they get two from their ability modifiers because they have no negative ones. Uh, zero for being a humanoid, zero for their size, zero for their speed, zero for their languages. They have a plus, they have four points for defensive training greater. Oh, wow, that's actually a really big point. I see why. Is he, is he a Kasatha or a Lushenta? He's a Kasatha, right? Is well, judging off the description, he's a nomadic humanoid race from a desert world that orbits a red yeah, that's sun. Him. Yeah, that's yeah. Him. Uh, let's see. What else does he get points for? Desert runner, he gets two points from. Stalker, he gets one point from. Jumper, he gets two. Desert stride, he gets one. Multi-armed, he gets eight points from, but I don't think Luke is benefiting from those eight or the multi-arms. So, he's pretty much playing a 12. Okay, so that has four arms. One hand is considered its primary hand. All others are considered off hands. It can use any of its hands for other purposes that require free hands. Oh, so he could dual wield and still cast as if he had open hands with those two other hands. That's pretty cool. But I don't think he's really benefiting from those things. So... Mm -hmm. And everybody else is a standard. I'm a what? Uh, I'm a halfling. CJ's a human. Yep, Seth's a human, and uh, Justin's a half orc. Half orc. Josh is a human, and that's it. So Luke is playing. He's. I think he's the weirdest race we've had so far. Out of all of it, he he's playing advanced. The Boggart's not on here technically, so I'm not going to count it. And that was like a one time. So yeah, everybody else has played standard or core races. There it is, core races so far. There is a monstrous race called a Severnfenblin. I don't know how to say this. It's got a twenty-four point. <laughs> I think oh, they're they're rock gnomes. Oh. I think for most campaigns I run at least, I'm gonna request just like a standard race. But this campaign that I'm doing right now just felt like so. Uh, open that mm -hmm. I felt like anybody could play anything in this one. I could. Yeah, I, I feel like most of them are gonna be like, no, you guys should probably play standard unless someone's like really being like, I want to be a gorilla man. I only know one man that wants to be a gorilla man. Screw that. Screw that. Uh, let's see. There's a few things that you could play that aren't that their their race points are unknown. It says. And I thought this was what Sam's was, but there's something called a Samsarin, Samsarin, uh, and it's like a type of humanoid uh, with pale blue flesh and transparent blood, like water, yes. like the waters of a trickling brook. That is not that's, him. Yeah, that's well. At first, I saw Samsarin, and I was like, "Oh, that's where yeah. he got his name. He is a yeah. Samsarin, Samson." I was like, "Yeah, see what he's uh, doing here." That's that's too good. Yeah, yeah. There's a deep one. Deep one hybrid. I think that's supposed to be pretty freaking creepy. 
that's like a Cthulhu-esque playable humanoid race thing. Yeah, they're weird. You know, when I got on to talk about this session of just stuff, my brain was like, dude, we have plenty to talk about. I've got Wonder AI. I've got this. I don't even remember what we talked about in the beginning. We got hot dog water. Hot dog water, yeah. And Strong I feel like there's been multiple times I've been like, I don't know what we're going to talk about. Gotta start, I guess, writing some topics down. You know what? You know what? Hold on. Look. Hold on. Hold on. Where's my pictures? I mean, how, how long are we right now? Apparently 53 minutes ago, we started recording. So we got, if we can get, if we, we can vent for seven more minutes. I mean, oh, we finished Breaking you know, Bad last night. How was it? It's so good. Did it end well? It ended amazing. Really? Okay. Uh, I watched the final two episodes last night with my girlfriend, and they have some of the best, like, cinematography shots I've ever seen. Really? I, Dude, uh, I, I was saying uh, in Discord when I joined earlier, uh, it's like, because Corey said he's on like season three. He's watching it right now. Mm -hmm. at, at this point, there's, I don't think, a show that I could recommend more than wow. Breaking Bad. It's just solid the entire way through. I, uh, I, I've really enjoyed Rings of Power. I've been watching through that. Is that the Lord of the Rings show? <laughs> uh, when we were in Kentucky, I watched uh, the newest episode with my dad. Really enjoyed that. Uh, and it was really nice to watch it because the whole time I'm sitting there talking to him about it, and me and him can just go back and forth about it. It's super easy. And it was super fun. Meanwhile, normally I sit there with Ellie and she doesn't pay attention. So yeah. it's like, this is nice to watch the show and actually discuss theory while watching the show. Because we're sitting there and he, my dad's like, I think Isildur was the one that refused to throw the ring into Mount Doom, which caused like all the things. I'm sitting there and I'm like, was that Isildur or was it this guy? And he's like, I don't know. And then we sit there for like 15 minutes. And then we chime back in and we're like, what do you think happens if this happens? And he's like, I don't know. And then we just sit there and it was very fun to go back and forth and just do that. Meanwhile, Ellie's sitting there. She bought a new DS while we were in Kentucky. And she's like playing Sims 2 on her DS. Oh, and there was a new Star Wars show that just came out. I know you guys aren't really interested in that. Yeah, I just uh, can't get into Star Wars. Some guy at work was talking about that. I just don't like it. It seems interesting. There's no Jedi or like anything like that. And it's before... It's before Rogue One. It follows the same characters that were in Rogue One, but it's before Rogue One. And I know that you did enjoy that movie. I did enjoy Rogue One. I thought that I think that's the best Star Wars movie. I'm sorry to those who are going to come at me. Uh, you're probably not that off. It's 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 a pretty good movie. But uh, you know the main guy. I can't think of his name. I don't really remember much of the movie now. Uh, but it it follows like a, a smuggler. I can't remember. He's a rebel in Rogue One. Uh, but I think it follows him. So I think this whole series is going to be very like stealthy, sneaky, like roguelike. Okay. So I think it could be really cool. I'll try to give more of it, but they were released three episodes already. It just came out this week. And I feel like it was very powerful. Just open the door with three episodes. And I was telling Ellie about that. And she was like, well, they did the same thing for Loki. And it's just weird to me. It's like, how many episodes are we going to have? If you're just throwing three episodes out the gate. Because, like, Obi-Wan only started with two episodes. This is weird to me. It's crazy. What's going to happen? I got to watch, I guess. 
She-Hulk is still the worst series I've ever watched in my entire life. Yeah, no, well, that's not, not surprising. However, they did tease Daredevil at the end of the last episode. Oh my god, you want Scudder? I'm watching just, this. Just wait until the fucking Daredevil episode comes out, find out which episode it is, and then it's, watch it. It's this episode that came out today, I think. What's so wrong? I gotta do it. I don't, well, don't want to look up spoilers. Like, I'm about She-Hulk. Yeah, and the, yeah. Jiu-Jitsu you know, Kaisen some, movies out. I tried watching that today at work, and Crunchyroll just blows ass for some reason if I'm not on Wi-Fi. So it kept buffering, and I was like, okay, well, you know what? When I get home tonight, I'll just watch it then. So, probably gonna watch that first. Then Andor. Then She-Hulk. And if I don't see Daredevil in 0.5 seconds, I'm just gonna turn it off. And it's her it's weird. It's like I'm watching. It's like I'm watching League of Legends. You know, like watching me play League of Legends when I'm watching She-Hulk. It's like I know I hate the game, and I know I'm not enjoying it anymore. But I'm watching it for one sheer purpose of Daredevil. And he may or may not ever be there, but I know eventually he will show up, and it will be amazing. I will love it. I had something to talk about before we started talking about TV shows, and I can't remember it. Wait, was it on my phone? My phone? Oh, I do remember. I was thinking, if we ever go back to 5e, and I run a 5e game, if you're a 5e enjoyer and you stuck through this whole time, here you go. Here's the one thing I'm going to say that's nice about it. I'm going to change the whole rules. <laughs> I've decided, I was like, well, what what's the thing I wish 5e had? And it's always options. So I was like, well, what if when I go back to 5e, if I ever do, I give you ever I give everybody five attunement slots rather than three. And I just homebrew all the items. So everybody gets a creative, unique, new item that's not, you know, available. You can you could buy the old items, but I was like, I want to have items that I make because I feel like they're pretty unique and I feel like martial classes will get a lot more of a kick compared to the spellcasters. And then I'll give, you know. <laughs> items up to spellcasters as well what do you guys think i think five attunement slots would be a huge increase in the game i mean yeah it's gonna make your it's just gonna make the pc so much stronger yeah let's just say uh off the monsters yeah there, there, I mean, there might fine. be some balancing issues at first but um i mean i like it uh i feel like one of the main issues with 5e is three attunement slots for magic items. Yeah. And some of them are not worth an attunement slot when they are. Like, Ring of Protection should not be an attunement slot. I agree. I think it is. Is it? Mm -hmm. It is. But then a plus one magic sword is not an attunement slot. Yep. It's just weird. Like, how does that make any sense? Because essentially they do the same thing. It's just weird. But yeah. So that was my plan. And then I was like, you know, all custom magic items. So if you're playing a, a marshal and you're like, well, you know, this turn I don't really want to swing my sword. Maybe I use this activatable item that I have. And that's just what you do on your turn. Maybe it like lets you throw a fireball or something. And I was like, I think that'd be pretty cool. I think it'd be pretty crazy. Pretty cool, pretty crazy tried explaining uh to people at the wedding chris chan that wow. was pretty fun yeah i was like telling lucas and them i was like yeah so this is chris chan i'm sick I was, seth started brainwashing yeah. people into this shit 
It's like a plague. I haven't watched yes. it as much as I was. I think I watched up to episode eight. And that was when I kind of called it quits, but it's wild. Like, even at episode eight, it's pretty, like, rough. And only knowing that there's 66 total episodes and it only gets worse, like, from here on out, it's like, think of all the terrible shit I'm going to have to sit through and hear and listen him that he's going to do to get to the end of it. It's wild to me. All right, guys, I think I'm going to wrap it up. You guys good? Anything you guys want to talk about before we wrap it up? I'm excited Dude. I finish book three tomorrow. I think next session of the podcast, I think that's what we're going to talk about. Setting up book four, setting up book two, uh, Serpent Skull. So I think there'll be more to talk about next session. It'll be less, you know, off the noggin. But yeah, guys, this is it. I'm going to find my command. So CJ, Tyler, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Everybody else, we'll see you next session. Hell yeah, wrapping it up. Hell yeah. Tyler. Wrap it up.